0: Hello Derby Berry.
1: Ah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> What's up?
0: <laughs> well, the derby's over. Hangover. Is, I got a hangover still. So, hangover. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm bragging today. You should be cuz all the people who wanted to argue with me about stupid horses. And about stupid shit. (laughs) You were wrong. Okay. You were wrong. I was wrong about two horses for sure. Clearly known agenda. Was. uh, No speed. No speed agenda. No. He just. uh, You know. I I kind of thought. That maybe. You know. Before he. um, Drew post one. And I'm not using that as an excuse, but I thought maybe he could lay in that second tier, and he just could never get there. Um,
1: looked like it was a plan, though. It looked like the plan was to take back. Which... I, I, don't,
0: I don't, I don't, know. I mean, it's it's tough to say. He broke clean. He, he broke good, and you know, he seemed like he had a little bit of a path, but he also didn't seem like he had a whole lot of you know, right, a whole lot of horse. There and and that's kind of how he is, and I mean honestly, he's thrown in a couple clunkers, and this race was um too many horses. He <laughs> he can handle a field of seven, but not a field of twenty. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, <clears throat> and you know, we're jumping right into the Derby because I'm, I mean, it's pre- it's clearly the thing <laughs> we've been talking <laughs> about for about eight months now. So, you uh, know, it's just. Uh, and also, it, it
1: kind of looked like Sainthood got in his way, <laughs> which which I thought was kind of funny.
0: Right. Well, I mean, honestly, that that
1: mate kind
0: of we, we'll, we'll get to forced
1: them to shuffle back.
0: We'll get to the Sainthoods a little bit, but um, uh, it just was. <clears throat> it's funny, and I'm not bragging about having picked uh, or not picked, but having bet on Medina Spirit in the future book, because at the time he just, I thought the price was right. If he was 10 to one, I would never bet him, but I just thought you would have gotten less than what you got in the Derby. Yeah, exactly. I I just thought he was a horse that, that had sufficient speed. I thought the California horses, um, especially early in the season, seemed like they were, um, you know, they were better than, than the rest of the, the country, and um, you know, he, he's a horse that danced every dance, and the one thing that I'm going to say that, the theme that people should get out of this derby, and they should remember every single derby, is that the horses like Rocky World can't win. And I don't want to hear about Joel's, Rosario's football's out of the stirrup, that's a bunch of bullshit. That's that's a, bullshit. A, that happens in every, every day all over the country, you just don't see it because there's not 50 cameras taking pictures picture there. The horses... He got squeezed at the start. It has nothing to do with his foot being one place or another. If he was going to stiff the horse, if there was some conspiracy theory, he would have not risked his freaking breaking his neck, falling off out of the gate (laughs) to do it. He would have just steered the horse five wide, which he's not secretariat. He would have lost this idea that he breaking uh, because his foot was out of the gate or excuse me, out of the stirrup that that changed the complexion of the race is nonsense. It's nonsense. The foot out of the stirrup had nothing to do with him breaking slowly. Nope. Jockeys <laughs> don't make horses break quicker or not quick. Jockeys don't make horses um, duck in or duck out out of the gate. At least the jockeys at this level. It just it, he just didn't break that sharp. You know why? One of the reasons because he has no experience. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he's a grass horse.
0: He raced at Santa Anita in in, in, in the in January what was it January or February? Right, no fans, nobody there. He's run a couple times.
1: Right, he wasn't ready for the show, and and he, he wasn't was getting the grass a trip. horse also. So what, there, what kind two... of
0: trip was he going to get anyways? Right,
1: he would have had to force the pace on Medina Spirit, and he would have been and, and he would have had in sandwich soup land right
0: outside of him the whole He got a perfect <laughs> trip in the Santa Anita Derby. He broke to the lead, and and Medina Spirit gave him the lead that day. <clears throat> He didn't, he didn't press the pace. He didn't go after him. Nobody did. They let him have the lead because they thought it was a turf horse. And yes, he's a good horse. But he has one good race. One. Yeah. Let me let me continue. I
1: I, I people really I, I mean I hope they continue with that banter, you know, thinking that Rock Your World is a dirt horse. <laughs> so well, that's- Okay, every everybody can
0: think that. I, I you know, as long as they don't listen to the show. If you listen to the show, you have no excuse. <laughs> let me let me just get this out of the way before. I was totally wrong about Dynamic One. He was dreadfully bad. Mm. He was he he broke slow or got a little bump, and he just never picked it up <sighs> at all. He he stunk. It. Um Yeah, it was
1: the aqueduct form.
0: But pretty much everybody else, we had Peg pretty good. Yeah. Stupid sandwich was ridiculous. The excuse they're giving about, you know, oh, he flipped his palette. Well, that happens like every day, like five days, five times with <laughs> a, a card, okay? It, it had nothing to do with him. He flipped his palate because he was wildly um, unprepared for a race like this. He just shouldn't have been in the race. Um, Brooklyn Strong, you're talking about going into the Belmont. I'm thinking oh, to myself. Do they think that they train Obezos? Like, which horse did they think they actually train? Hello, there's a race called the Albany at Saratoga. That should be your focus. Three-year-olds, New York reds, mile and an eighth. Um, that's really the only ludicrous spot for, for anyone coming out of this race. Oh. It seems like. I mean, you know... Uh, well, Stock I and mean, Figure did not get a trip. I mean, he had a terrible post. You know, he he, he got the trip of a lifetime in the Arkansas Derby, and he draws the outside and, and, and figures not to have had any shot, and he didn't run at all. A hidden stash had a good trip and just isn't any good. He's just for, not fast. is saying he's just not very good. Like the King and Sainthood, just, you know, they don't even belong in the race. They just kind of. I don't even know,
1: remember, like, the King getting a call.
0: He, he kind of just ran around <laughs> and got in the way. That's all he did. Highly motivated. I told everyone he's not getting the distance. This was like a circle in red pen. He's just not getting it. He had He couldn't get a mile and an Yeah,
1: eight. he had an okay trip. He, he had an okay trip. He had trip. a good trip. He just is empty couldn't. at the top of the lane, though. And I'm not saying
0: he's not a good horse. He just is not a good horse in a mile and an eighth break or mile and a quarter race. I mean, he got as soft a lead as you could get a king on the lead. And I know essential quality is a good horse essential quality uh, you know ran he, the he might have ran the way. best race he might have run argue you know, but, I mean and and, and you know uh, Mr. Annoying wrote this on Twitter <laughs> my friend Andy Serling and he's right and that uh, what did people expect what trip did they expect that horse to get from post 15 and that's one of the things that I don't understand why people <sighs> like maybe it's my harness background and that I'll look at a race and I'll try to figure out the trips, right? Because that's what all trotter racing you know Harness racing is all about the trips. It's completely trips. Um, and I, you look at the horse like that, okay? He's got some speed, but he doesn't have enough speed to, to clear or to get to the lead, right? So he's got some tactical speed. But unless the other seven horses that were trying for that same spot didn't, you know, break, how does he get there? I thought he he had a he
1: had a pretty decent trip. Like you said, he was a little wide, but he was empty at the top of the lane. Even even if he would have run on, it would have been really tough for him to 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 make
0: the lead. You know, um he was never making the lead. I mean it just he didn't. made
1: a he made a nice move on the on the far turn. And and I yes, thought he, did. he was he and grinded it out
0: and he ran right. a good race.
1: Yeah, he definitely the did, race, but it wasn't like, good enough. Not for this one. At-
0: if you watch the, the, you know, before the hit race, your handy got the race. How, where do you figure he sits? He sits basically where you figured he would have sat. I mean, he got right. You yep. what he would have got. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being wide is, is, is hurts. And, and that's just the way it is. Um, Helium actually didn't run terrible. He just wasn't prepared to run a mile and a quarter because he, 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 he hadn't was, been running. <laughs> he, hasn't, he wasn't given the opportunity can't run a horse once in seven months and think they're going to be ready to go a mile and a quarter in a 20-horse race. It just isn't. Yeah, and he's, he's probably going to win the Queen's Blade. Um, I've been keep me in mind, he just sucked along and made a nice, you know, nice little finish. He, he just that, does that's what he, what he, he normally wants. does. Yeah, <laughs> That's what he wants to do. I mean, the Bluegrass, <clears throat> I, I still have no clue what what, what Mr. Cohn was doing in the Bluegrass, but he did a nice job. In the, in the derby, save ground both turns and, you know, kicked them out late made a little run at the end, and of course you know, they're saying, oh, well, you know, Michael like running the Belmont, and of course those horses never win the Belmont because deep close <laughs> won that race, but whatever, you know, who knows, Uh you know, I know there was a, uh, Jay Pritman told me that he thought that Midnight Bourbon had a r- race amazingly, and uh I like Jay a lot and Jay's got a really good opinion, but I I can't use the word amazing. I mean, I know Asmussen was mad because he wasn't up with the pace setters, but he's just not that fast. And when he didn't break great, he kind of – I mean, he didn't break terrible, but he kind of got brushed out of there. You know, Mike uh, made a decision, which, you know, was a curious one, but to kind of lay, you know, like (laughs) 12th. And then he got him to the outside. But to me, he never really made any runs. I mean, it wasn't like he – you know made a big move and or got shut off or he he just kind of like he didn't run terrible he got beat like nine lengths right (laughs) so like it wasn't like he ran terrible but i i can't use the word amazing in that race and they thought supposedly they thought the horse was going to be up with the pace but he's just not he should have been that was just just not fast enough though right and i I think that's what they figured out after the fact is like "Mm, maybe wasn't fast enough I mean, they were mad It's Mike, and, and I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, the horse is usually a, a pace factor, but the pace factor in, in slow races, really slow races. The race he won in New Orleans, they went 49 to the half. So, and it wasn't kind of an uncontested lead. I mean, that, that got him, you know, he, he went about 48 to the half <laughs> on Saturday. So it's really not that much slower than it really goes. I mean, just think, Hot Rod Charlie, outran him to the lead in the Louisiana Derby. And Hot Rod Charlie had never been on the lead in his life. I mean, Hot Rod Charlie's in a couple races has been kind of a, not a deep closer, but a closer. So, I mean, I thought Obezos ran a good race. Marcelino yeah, he definitely. Showed, uh, certainly showed that he, he can be, um, I mean, his, his two, the, the ride he gave Obezos in the Louisiana Derby and the ride he gave him in the Kentucky Derby were very, very good. Um he certainly is, is a jock that looks like he's got a future, at least based upon those two. You know, and Hot Rod Charlie, he got a good trip. He, he just, it was kind of like the Robert Lewis again, Medina Spirit on the lead and, and uh, Hot Rod Charlie and and, and and throw in Mandolin, you know, trying to get by him. And he just didn't let him get by. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a tough break for anybody to have because I thought Mandaloon was going by him. He was the one horse I had the hardest before the race. I, I, I mean, I went. You didn't know what to do horse. with him. <laughs> I, I did. I did the rankings last week, or the week before, and that was my ranking of horses with the best chance to win. Um, and obviously, my first horse was stupid. It, it was. It was a bad selection. But I had Mandaloon. I think seventh or eighth, and I, I said, you know. I might look stupid, but I might look stupid for not having him up closer. Because if you look at his his form going into the Louisiana Derby, um, you certainly would have would have had to say that he, he would have been one of the the choices here. But that race was so bad. <coughs> Doug Salvador and I talked about that race, and Doug really thought that the four wide trip. Did him in and i was and yeah he was very wide um in that race but i was just kind of puzzled because he seemed like he didn't have any horse,
1: right he didn't have any going into the second turn right like didn't have any punch left
0: yeah i mean he was kind of scrubbing on him going into the second turn um not like he was moving up readily and then he just ran out of gas late i mean he, he seemed like he was like the second turn being wide was just a formality in in that in that in that equation but
1: i think it um, showed in the derby what his kind of style is he's like a grinder and nothing yeah. got in his way so he was able to to keep grinding you know what i mean um yes. if someone would have impeded him or he had to make a little move or around somebody he would have been stuck um i i think he got a really really good trip a really really good ride and and almost got all the marbles
0: he did uh, i mean it was uh... a <clears throat> It was a good. I mean, he really had never run a bad race, except his last one was was really <laughs> bad. I had asked Doug. I said, "Can you remember the last horse who ran terribly to the, the race before the Kentucky Derby that won it?" And and we couldn't remember anybody that you know had just run like bad because he ran terrible in Louisiana. He, he didn't run at all. It was, oh, was yeah. that was just a complete non effort. But I mean, the Louisiana Derby held up real strong. The horses ran it did us. <laughs> second third and uh and, and fifth and sixth um so four out of the top six and the other two uh i mean you can you can call hot rod charlie kind of a
1: kind go of a between he, yeah
0: um, he ran in the louisiana derby he, but he ducked in you know. spirit that was the whole thing <laughs> yeah he ducked it, him. it but it, it turned out to work you know it, it worked out i mean and that shows you there's a lot of different ways you can win the Kentucky Derby. There's no way um, like all right, this path or that path. I mean, it, it's it's really not I mean, obviously this year the New York path and the Florida path didn't work at all. The Arkansas path didn't work at all. But that's just because of the horse, it's not because of the of the path. Um, there one there one thing is and and this is something that we've like been talking about for months on end is you've got to give your horses experience they've got to be fit in this race you cannot get them fit working five eighths of a mile and having them run once every three months it just doesn't work it just doesn't work it never has and maybe someday it will because every horse in the race will be like that perhaps and, and it won't you know <laughs> like uh, if you take a If you take 10 sprinters and you run them a mile, well, one of them is going to get there first. That doesn't mean he wants to go a mile. But (laughs) you would just, you you know, you go through this and and, um, you look and and you see that the Medina Springs, Medina Medina Spirit ran December, January, February, March, April. Last five months, five races.
1: With a bunch of six furlong works too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And the ones that did win or or not win. Uh the one the ones that were up at the front at the end all had a stream of of a few six furlong
0: works. Yeah. You you know what? You're going to either want to there's two there's two philosophies, just get there or try to win. And you know, if you're going to try to win, you got you're going to have to test your horse a little bit before. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, Besides essential quality, Medina Spirit was the most battle tested horse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and he was running faster technically too. And that's, that's one thing I did. I, I did listen to Andy Beyer, um, a couple days before the, the derby. Do you want and me to he, do my Andy? all over? He was all over Medina Spirit. And he's, he's like, that race that Rock Your World ran was on a, a bias aided track and Medina Spirit kind of hung with him despite not being in the right place. And sure. that that had him sold. And he was he was absolutely correct. Well, it worked.
0: <clears throat> he rarely picks the derby winner, too.
1: Well, he was all over this one.
0: I guess, you know, like you say, most people pray. I mean, it is a 20-horse race every year, even if you throw out half the field. Still, there's there's so many different variables. And I thought the way the race was drawn it forced Medina spirit and Johnny Velasquez to go to the lead because there was no speed inside of them and all the speed was outside of them. So if he doesn't go, you know, the only thing I could see is if uh rock your world or soup and sandwich or somebody from the outside was dead set on the lead. And they were just going to press until like, you know, they were going to go 45 flat to the half and you would just let them go and then, and then come around. them, But, as it turns out, because Rock Your World didn't break, and and, and uh, Soup and Sandwich just you know was was been sandwiched. Yeah, he just <laughs> completely yes. Um, it, well, it just, I mean, I could see so, that happening because he I mean, was, if you push some of the Life Is Good around, I mean, it might have been different. It might have been was, different.
1: He both, was chasing Life Is Good though. I mean that that says a lot because life is good probably would have outbroke everybody in this field um
0: there's another thought you know train of thought that's out there about the point system and oh boy (laughs) the, the point system isn't the reason there was no pace in these races one of the reasons there's no pace in these races is because everybody takes back that's how that's how they train their horses seriously who's the one trainer of all the big trainers you can say there's two probably that the, their horses consistently show speed. There's two trainers, big trainers.
1: I don't know. Baffert is one of them. Bob and, Baffert
0: and Steve Asmussen.
1: I was going to say Asmussen is the other, right? because
0: those are the two guys. Asmussen in this case, <laughs> he just had two horses that just didn't have that much speed. Midnight Barberman is not that fast. He's just not that fast. Not for a race like this. I, I, again, last Tuesday, When I said to Doug, I said, I just don't like Midnight Bourbon in a big field. I don't like him in a big field because he's not going to be able to get position because he's got no quickness. He's got no suddenness. You know, he's a grinder. And I said, he's a very talented horse. And he probably like win the Jim Dandy. you know, that seems to be like a five horse field every year. (laughs) So like, like make him the the future book favorite for the Jim Dandy and and highly motivated. I want to make him future book favorite for the Woody Stevens. Um, though now he probably won't be the favorite. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure Jackie Warrior, who has had a lot of success over the Belmont track, will, will probably be the favorite for that race, though you'd have to assume some dream shake would come out of there. I mean, highly motivated. I can't imagine that he, he wouldn't cut him back
1: in distance. Man. You know, the thing about highly motivated is he reminds me of practical joke. Yeah. Um, probably not as fast as practical joke, but I think they're going to be similar and, and I hope they, they just keep him around one turn because I, I think that horse is going to be a monster.
0: Yeah. I think you could probably get a mile and a sixteenth. You could. Yeah. I mean, practical Joe could get that too. He but there's just some, wasn't no, winning. There's, <laughs> some, there's some really big races, especially in New York at seven, eights for three year olds. You got, you know, the Woody Stevens on Belmont days, a Grade one going seven, eights and the, uh, the Allen Jerkins, um, At, uh, Saratoga is a grade one going seven ace. The Amsterdam, I think is a grade two, but I think that's six, six for ones. Right. But, um, yeah, it's six. I don't know that there is a big mile race for three year olds.
1: Nah, I mean, you'd have to go against older, (laughs) you know,
0: there's, uh, (laughs) if, if we were in the old days, we might see Jackie's warrior coming back in the Met mile, um, But the problem is these days is I think Holy Bull carried 110 pounds the year he won the Met Mile um, against older horses. And I think Gulch, the year he ran in it, carried like 109 or 110 pounds. And the the top horses were carrying 123, 124.
1: Right, and and Gulch like ran the week before too.
0: Yeah, or or more. So (laughs) it was was a significant weight break. I think now I think they'd wind up getting like seven pounds which isn't nothing, but it's not really what they should get. Not 10. <laughs> it's not 10, right. Um, and, and, you know, you, you run into the problem uh, that your jocks just a lot of times can't do weights. <laughs> if they put him in at 110, there's, there's not that many guys that can do 110 or 111. They're probably not going to take Rosario off after that last race. So um, so I'm sure he'll, he'll probably stay with three-year-olds for now. And he probably should. I mean, uh, if um, – I don't know what the plan for Knicks go, but I mean, if Knicks go were to wind up in there and um, Charlton were to wind up going in there. Oh boy. That, that would be a tough task at a mile.
1: Fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope that happens. Just so I don't I... know where Nick
0: go is going to go. I mean, I know he's in training. I mean, we, we saw him this week in training. So, um, you know, you know is... life is good back training also. Yeah, he's walking tack. So
1: that's okay. That's what we want. He walks fast.
0: Come on, man. Late, late summer for him. That's okay. Late summer. We're not going to see any life it's goods in in uh, during triple. Car. No,
1: no, it's too early in June.
0: <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I mean, it's 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 uh, it's kind of it's going to be a, a kind of a weird field in um. In the Preakness. I mean, now you got Concert Tour being announced today. Cotto Rivers yeah. is, is on the, uh, the fence still. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Mandolin go. I know Brad Cox has talked about essential quality in the, uh, the Belmont. So he might, you know, split him and, and run uh, – Cotto River with Mandolin and the Preakness and run uh, uh, Essential Quality in the Belmont, which, you know, probably wouldn't be the worst plan. Uh, I know Crowded Trade, who's kind of the horse to me that if if there's a stranger that's going to win the race, I I think that might be the one. I know the New York race came out terrible. (coughs) He's another horse. He's kind of a lightly raced horse. And I would have preferred to see him have more experience. And I, I didn't I thought not going to the Derby was definitely the right move on their part. Um, and I don't know if he's gonna run into Peter Pan this coming weekend or or if they're gonna try for the preakness. I really don't know. I don't know that it's even been been said. I, I've seen his name um, has been linked to possible, you know, runner in the preakness. Our horse Ron Bauer will be in the preakness. And I apologize, oh. I apologize to, to Mr. Ron Bauer. Because uh, your horse would have got hot and dirty in the, in the derby. His style, you know, he might have got the old Bezos trip. He might have been fifth, but I have a hard time seeing him running by everybody. So, so they might have made the right my choice. I admit when I'm wrong. Um, I think there was a couple themes coming out of the Derby week that are You know, the weekend that certainly. Uh, kind of stood out one is uh i guess johnny velasquez isn't ready to retire (laughs) i I wouldn't think so um i mean not only did he win both races he won both races with like just tremendous tremendous tactical rides and and then the last eighth of a mile just just you know sheer finishing strength, just just strong just a strong finish both days I mean, he could drop the mic after the Derby and say, "You know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm going out on top. I can't. I can't do any better than I did in those two rides because, literally, I don't know that he could ride horses better than he did those two races. It and Mal- no, that, that authentic ride, you know, kind of came up again the, the next. Yeah. Year. But you know, Malatat didn't break all.
1: No, he that picked allergy. that horse up. He picked that horse up.
0: He Dumped and, and, her out there and got yeah. her. In position that won her the race if he doesn't do that she doesn't win um and then he just he, you know he he just he outrode irad the last part of it i mean or, or at least he didn't let irad out ride him. so i mean that was a, a really a great a great tactical ride and yeah the philly's a very very good philly i don't know why people are so desperate to run have these phillies run against colts they're not as fast um they're just not as fast and she looks like a, a really nice horse.
1: And, and uh, you know, honestly, she didn't run her best race that day <laughs> on, to, on Friday. I, I thought there was a little more to be desired with, with everything. I mean, she didn't have the greatest of trip, but I think she has upside here. She could run faster than that. She could run better than
0: that. I mean, honestly, she should be able to handle a mile and a half. And if you were going to take a shot, <coughs> um, the if this field kind of comes apart after, after the Preakness and it becomes, I mean, we already have, uh, like the Japanese horses coming for the Belmont. Well, you know, um, the Charlie Applebee's sending one over for the Belmont. So we're already getting some, you know, real strangers for the Belmont. But I mean, you look at the Derby field, who, do, who, who in that race screams out to a mile and a half?
1: not even the winner to be honest with you but
0: not the winner here we are <laughs> but i mean now it's it's like you I mean, know midnight can... bourbon might have a better shot in that race yes i agree might be a little bit slower pace i mean it's 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 really kind of a i mean I, I really don't know what's going to happen with the Belmont. The Belmont seems, and it yes. doesn't. It it's, it seems so far away, but it it's not. It's
1: not. It's really not. And and the thing I was thinking earlier is that Baffert might have a chance to win another Triple Crown.
0: You know, I a think, very
1: good shot at it, especially I, I with honest, the dynamics. You know, the way the Preakness is setting up.
0: I, I don't like him in the Preakness. I really don't. And kind of like a lot him of the Preakness. I mean, we, we got to see what the post position. We got to see who runs. Um, but I think he's better on the lead. I mean, his two races, he went to the lead, and and you know, you take the the life at good races with a grain of salt. And then he wasn't getting to the lead that in those races anyway. So
1: a better horse,
0: right? But he's a fighter, and and he, and he doesn't, you know. He's, he's a grinder, but he's got some. He's got more tactical speed than than some of the other ones. And I just don't know if you sit him out there. If Contra Tor and Cotto River are in this race, and they go head and head, and he's sitting three wide, I don't know that that's the trip he really wants to make. I don't know if he you sit him three wide both turns that he's going to be able to accelerate and and and, uh, and hold off.
1: I think he, ro- he rolls him. He rolls him over, because concert tour kind of proved to be a little bit of a phony. Um
0: I don't like concert tour And I don't like Cotto river, but I'm just saying, right. That's, that's what the I'm saying. Whole like, as
1: as gonna, long as he gets it. fast enough to get into that pocket spot, I don't think it's going to matter.
0: I don't know. I mean, you get the super stock trick. Well, the other thing <laughs> is, is, you know, even as much experience as the horse has, he does have six starts. I think five or around two turns. He's never been in the pocket. He's never been inside. He's never had dirt in his face. Every race he's ever had, he's been outside. So yeah, that's... it's another factor that we just don't know. And, you know, like he needed he needed to save every inch of ground in this last race to win. Like I said, you put him three wide, three wide. I don't know that he's just going to find that acceleration to go by them and hold them off. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a tough call, but it's not Bird's
0: row lining up against him. I mean yeah.
1: Right, that that was the other thing. You know, this the this field that's gonna assemble. There may be some new faces, but there might not be uh, good enough or fast enough. And if he pairs up and kind of runs like the again, he gets the uh the super stock trip from the Arkansas Derby. He's going into Belmont with a shot. Well, I'm sure the Naira
0: people are hoping for that.
1: <clears throat> That'd be nice. To be honest with you, it would be, you know, because, you know, racing back to almost pre-COVID type deal with fans there and everything. And it'd be well, nice I think, I think, I think for,
0: for Cuomo opened things up today. I think there was an announcement about uh, <clears throat> that a lot of the restrictions are, are going to be dropped. I know um, down here they, they today they – Oh,
1: yeah, the- he's like – floodgates open.
0: Everything <laughs> just do whatever you want. The truth of the matter is everyone was kinda of doing what they wanted anyways. I right. Think. I was
1: gonna say it was
0: at least down here is Yeah. It, it was changing. like back to normal months ago. Yeah, it has it's not gonna change that much, but uh you know, up there um uh you know up there it's uh still a little bit more but man, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we get a chance to have that. I mean, racing is always better when there's Triple Crown on the line, even if he doesn't do it. I know some people's heads are going to spin because it's Baffert, but what are you going to do?
1: My whole feed on Saturday night and all day yesterday was just Baffert heat rocks everywhere. Just malicious tweets going all over the place. Still hasn't stopped, to be honest with you, but probably won't until whatever happens in the Preakness happens.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat> no, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting... It, it'll be an interesting... Um, it'll be an interesting two weeks to see what happens. I mean, Baffert's kind of in a strange position of of running a horse with a similar style to his horse that's going with a triple crown. <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, there's only one triple crown, but I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often that you get these conflicts where, you know, you owners know, might get pissed off, but, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. See what happens. Um, I think that another theme that should have been kind of, uh, or at least... Uh, eye opening a little bit for people that don't pay that much attention is that uh, Flavian Pratt can uh, can ride.
1: Dude, I've been knowing that. I mean they, <laughs> you have to all you have to do is watch California racing in in one weekend and it's easy to see. <laughs> the guy's just he's he's just puts his horses in the right spot every time. Like literally every time. And, and you know what? And the funny thing is, is it reminds me of Johnny V because Johnny V does the same thing. He may not win every race, but you know, he's going to be in the right spot in order to do that. And that's why I, you know, it, it's, he just has that uncanny ability to to put his horses where they need to be. And it's a great trait to have as a jockey, I'm sure.
0: I think he rode five stakes. He had three wins a second a third.
1: <laughs> the dude is is a beast on this on the low too nobody was talking about it really
0: and the, and these are like you know these are stakes that with huge fields these aren't five horse races with three to five shots i mean he really wasn't on the best horses either <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought one of the most <laughs> i i still like i having a little trouble like figuring out what exactly happened was the Churchill downs. Handicap going. I don't want to say about that. The Flagstaff. I don't were, want to. Talk about um, kind of. <laughs> I don't a, know how that horse got his head down. It was it was kind of nuts, you know. I mean, it was kind of a crazy race. It, and at the eighth pole, it seemed like there was six or seven horses that had a shot of winning it. And then Flagstaff at the sixteenth oh. pole seemed like he was the the the, the you know, had the least chance of of winning it. Right, they were like six
1: wide, and I, I just don't know how he put his head down, and and especially in front of my forty-six to one shot. Yeah, that was that was that was a tough beat, man.
0: That was a crazy, um, a crazy number. It it was so like, listen, I, talking about wagering theory, and I've learned a lot, a lot. Just listening to some of the guys on Twitter talk about certain things, um, and I was always a proponent of this lower minimums in rate and things like the superfecta. No way, no how. Pretty much because I don't have the bankroll to really play big, big numbers, but hundreds of. Other low wager bets available. I believe that they are 100 percent correct in saying that super effective should be a dollar.
1: They should be. Yeah, I mean, it and anybody
0: after, that saw that the
1: race. payoff for the uh it was the get stormy race can attest to that. It oh. paid five hundred and twenty four dollars with a logical result. A very, very logical result. Right. I mean, if that doesn't tell you all
0: you need to know, I don't know what will. In a short field, um, the superfecta in the race with Flagstaff <laughs> paid four hundred and five thousand dollars. Flagstaff was nine to two. Right, is it? Was was five to one was in the number. It wasn't hundred to one shot, eighty to one shot, seventy to one shot, sixty to one shot. There was two of those horses in the number you could have easily used. They were 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 one of the you know second and third choice. Inexplicably, they made the five in that race. Um, the the horse of Cassie's. I, I have no idea why that horse was was like five to two. I mean, he to me was about the the tenth best horse in the race, and he got bet. I mean, yeah, I, be favored on Derby they Day That's to a win. Lot yeah, of money. Did Mackinville like screw up and bet the wrong race? I
1: don't know. Chapter to win was like, like you said, to me seemed like the least likely winner because it was going
0: to be so much pace. Yeah, I, I, he got to the lead, but he got pressed, and he I mean, he was done at the cold. I, I didn't understand why he got that. I, I was baffled by that. Um, I, I just didn't didn't get that at all. And that was kind of that was kind of. Uh- <laughs> you know like I said it's 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 Kentucky Derby day they handled 250 million dollars it's not like it's uh you know thistle down and the guy bets uh 500 to win on I mean rocks the board a little bit I mean there was a tremendous amount of money bet on the horse and and like his sheet numbers weren't all that good and his buyer numbers weren't all that good and he came out of a race at Tampa where he kind of got a perfect trip and it wasn't like anybody was you know any spectacular horse come out of the race. I, it was really th- one of the most confusing things the whole weekend was was why that horse was the favorite in that race. I, I was, uh, I, yeah, I, was, I figured Flagstaff was actually going to be the chalk. That's what I thought was going to be the favorite. I thought Flagstaff <laughs> and, and, and Whitmore would be would be the the co choices, but um, you know it's odd that Whitmore has forty one starts now. He has 15 wins, and he yes, he did start his career on the derby trail. He did run in the derby, not very successfully, but he did run in the derby before they, they cut him back to being a sprinter. So um, maybe 20% of those races were not as his pure sprinter, but he only has six lifetime starts going seven ace, and he only has one win, and yeah. it was in Saratoga and I think, the four. Of them. So it's not like he can't do it. But I just thought it was kind of odd because a lot of the bigger money races, um, you know, throughout the year are seven furlong races. So it just is kind of strange, especially with his racing style. I, I, that surprised me. I, I didn't realize that he only had one seven furlong win.
1: Um, yeah, but I'd like to see the the collectively lengths beaten <laughs> in not. those races. is probably like a total of five. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably not a lot. Um, I did a winners and losers post. I put it out yesterday. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, on the list, number one loser, lightly trained in race derby horses. We've already pounded on that enough. Um, the Arkansas Derby, the Florida Derby, and the Wood Memorial, they were losers this week. Yeah,
1: thumbs down.
0: Three of the biggest traditional preps. Um, They're finishing the derby. 9th, 13th, 15th, 16th, 18th, and 19th. So, uh, whatever, those routes didn't work this time. Uh, people who, who, who punch for the dime superfectus, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way now. I'm, the, the dollar guys got me got me locked on. Uh, the local jockeys in Kentucky, they ran 13 greatest stakes on, on Saturday and Sunday. And Flojo won the, uh, the, the Latrion with She Dares the Devil. Uh-huh. So- Kind of a workman-like win. Um, he was the only one that had a local jock. Everybody else was from out of town. Um, the Lasix people, the Ant Pearl and Calypso, within an hour of each other, both, like, one racing terrible and the other pulling up. Um, high-profile horses, fillies that bled badly. I don't want to get into Lasix today, but, uh, The, quote, it's not going to have any effect argument seems to be not true, as, you know, it never was going to be true. But, uh, yeah, we'll just move on. Uh, Synthetic track preps, uh, again, uh, I'm going to read you exactly what I said. Animal Kingdom is a patron saint of, quote, other than dirt, quote, preps. But in the nine years since he won, zero impact has been made in the Kentucky Derby from synthetic track preps um yeah
1: but clearly i mean anybody can can hold their hat on that but clearly the horse was a freak i mean well, it's it's he was just he was just phenomenal
0: well that's what i said o- outside of animal kingdom who was actual uh an actual unicorn of a top class horse on three different surfaces because he was good on the turf and he was he won the dubai world cup on the dirt I think. right on the dirt there was, was a poly then but um i don't even remember but he, he could handle anything he but the only horse that's even got remotely close was the very next year, trained by the same trainer, a horse named Went the Day Well. Uh-huh. Finished fourth in the 2012. Since 2012, nobody's gotten nobody's done nothing. Um and you know, my my call is something we've said before, is the Churchill that was making that horse, uh, that race a hundred point prep is is really a joke and it disrespects the actual preps um the real preps right yeah you know having two horses from that field instead of one horse get in it's just it's a wasted it's a wasted spot it's a waste um it it just is a waste it doesn't make any any sense and it's still guys are not going to run legitimate derby horses in that race it's still going to wind up being a place where The woodbine horses take a shot. The turf horses take a shot and the horses who are just not don't really belong. And they're saying, well, you never know. Maybe we can clunk up and be second in this race and we get in the Kentucky Derby and, you know, get good price on tickets or something. I mean, we've talked about it again. We don't need to talk about it again, but the point system needs to be fixed. And I think that, um, one of the things, and, and we've said, we want the early season um, preps to get a little more weight, the late season preps to get a little less weight, and and maybe like I just think that as opposed to having these dumb races overseas, have races, call them designated Kentucky Derby prep, blah blah blah, in Dubai and France or Japan or wherever they want to have, them. but making an invitation. And if a horse really is, is a decent horse over there, and I know if it's a Japanese horse, they're going to take it no matter what because they want those people betting into the pools. And I get that. That's, and, that's, and honestly, it's fine. It, it doesn't hurt anybody. The 19th horse. And look, who was the 19th horse in this this year? <laughs> um, keep me in mind or uh, Brooklyn Strong. I mean, dude, you're actually helping those people by keeping them out of the race. But like save their last Make the two last spots, eighteen and 19, or nineteen and twenty. Make them invitationals. Make Churchill Downs has a panel uh, that Ben Hoffman should be in charge of, basically. And and if a Philly um, has shown the ability to, to be real competitive, that's you know going out there and and beating up on the Phillies, and they want to take a shot, then invite her. If they want to run, invite her. And let her come in. Um. And then if there was, like, a, a European horse or a foreign horse, invite them. But to have the the Jeff Ruby take two spots, um, it just is – It and to have these last rounds of preps be, um, you know, they're like lottery tickets. I mean, do we really need the, the, some of these horses in? And, 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 I mean, listen, I even kind of touted them, but, I mean – did did uh did the Pletcher horse that ran terrible Stainhood
1: <laughs> or done
0: Yeah, I mean, did they really need to be in this race?
1: I would say no. And like you said, probably did would have been a favor if they didn't make the field.
2: Yeah,
0: but you know, there's there's definitely. And I know there's people out there that say, "Well, if the Philly wants in, they should run against the Colts."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, that's a, it's not a it's not a terrible point, but um, and, and with the way that the thing is set up these days, with the last rounds being worth so much that they can run first or second and be in, um, maybe they're not wrong. But, uh, I mean, you know, people forget winning callers. She ran in the Derby, but she blitzed the field in the Santa Anita Derby before. Yeah. The, she the, put the uh, hurt in- <laughs> on them. Yeah. She dominated the field. Just, so, um, there just haven't been a lot of Phillies uh, in recent times that, that really, you can't even say, I mean, Rags to Riches won the Belmont, but never ran again. She was probably more suited to the Belmont anyways.
2: Um,
0: and Malifat might be more suited, was probably more suited to the Belmont than she would have been for the Derby as well. as She really didn't have enough racing this year. Um, and, and the Oaks is a good race. It's a classic race. It's a race everybody wants to win. But it's not the Kentucky Derby. It's not 20 horses. It's not a mile and a normal; It's a normal race of sorts. It was thirteen horse field, and that's a lot for these days. But there's a big difference. Those those extra six or seven horses makes a big difference. But I, I certainly don't think that we should go. I, I mean, I was a I was against the derby point system in the beginning. <laughs> I just am against the way it's set up now. I just think that, you know, and we've, we've, we've made our point. The early season races should get a little more weight to encourage people to have actual campaigns and not heliums in, in, you know, getting one, winning one race and then getting in. And I mean, we don't want that to happen. It's not good. They're not going to do any good in a race and it might knock them out. And we don't know who's going to be knocked out of this race. And the funny thing was, Outside of Soup and Sandwich, uh, who, who just was terrible. And, um, I mean, I, you know, there was quite a few horses. Brookwood Strong was terrible. I, I have no clue why that they're trying to run that horse back in the Belmont. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I watched the race two or three times. And, I mean, maybe you got a little traffic wire here or there, but like, you know, I'm not costing. Not- I mean, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, know, highly Motivated is another one. Um, um not highly motivated. Uh, the Pletcher horse. Who's the Pletcher horse? The red second in the wood.
1: Oh, a um, dynamic horse. one.
0: Dynamic one. Yeah, I mean he he, he ran terrible. He he didn't show up a little bit. Um,
1: well, we kind of suspected those those aqueduct races were kind of.
0: No, it was church party. She she ran on that 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 track and, and did okay.
1: Not on that card though.
0: Yeah, yeah she, she ran did. that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. she ran faster than wood. Actually, though, to be honest. She ran uh, like uh, three-tenths of a uh, – uh, she ran 154.20, and I think the wood went like 154.50. So mm-hmm. she actually ran faster than the wood, uh, and she ran a lot better than the wood horses did, that's for she sure. She certainly did. Yeah, so, and, and honestly, she wasn't – she didn't seem to be fully extended that day. Um, like, and listen, horses usually can't run a whole lot faster than they're already running. They're at top speed or pretty close to top speed. But um, it wasn't like that effort really emptied her out, and she ran good. I, I thought she ran really well in the uh, in the Oaks, and yeah, absolutely. And she she would have been a worthy winner had had uh, you know she been able to outfinish Malathat but uh, yeah, the Wood was was a tough race this year. I mean, looking at the uh, the Pate Mile, which is kind of like uh, the where, where the, the early season Derby horses that don't have experience but have speed, you know, like, like Prevalence, who, who just seems like he's just lost in need of a in need of a spa weekend or something, you know, like a little, <laughs> a little <time>. massage. <laughs> like a little massage. You know. yeah, and some
1: some good food.
0: Send him out to the beach. Let him lay on the beach. Shark vacation the other weekend. Day, man. There was a shark here over by Hollywood Bar- uh, beach. He can
1: come with me. I'm going on vacation this weekend. He can hang out.
0: Reggae shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a shark over here right by the house man.
1: Yeah, somebody got bit over here uh, this weekend. Yeah, the sharks are pissed off. <laughs> yeah, you got They got to you know let them know they're still there.
0: Think all the money that they did, uh, you know, make made on Shark Week, right? And The sharks never got nothing. No residuals, nothing. No, nope.
1: nope. They're gonna revolt. Just start biting everybody,
0: <laughs> as they should. Uh- uh- yeah, Jackie's Warrior, that, that race with Dream Shake was that, was that was quite a race, man. That was like spectacular. Freaky fractions. And then they just crawled home. Slow. And, and, <laughs> and nobody closed. <laughs> I mean, Whiskey Double was way behind, and he made way. a little bit of a run. Defunded made a little bit of a run, but I mean, it was it was that was crazy. I mean, the the second quarter. The first quarter was twenty-one and three. The second quarter was twenty-one and four, and that's just nuts. Oh,
1: was that? I mean, I, I guess it had to be the plan, right? Go to the lead, yeah, yeah, but not that fast, no. Well, I, I mean, because nobody it? was really around, you know. I mean, it wasn't like he was battling for the lead the whole time.
0: No, but he, he only was ahead in front after a quarter, and he was only yeah. half length ahead at the half. I mean, uh, Dreamshake ran a huge race. Dreamshake's going to get a better sheet number because he was outside,
1: wider. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, well, but- he did carry four pounds less, so that might be a little bit of I,
1: the equalizer.
0: Oh, there was one other thing. A guy made a good point yesterday about the um the point system. The derby preps should be at equal weights. I don't care if they're 121, 122, 126, 124, 119, whatever you want to make them. The derby preps as three-year-olds should be equal weight races. There's no reason to give horses weight anymore. It doesn't matter. These are derby preps. That's why the horses are in these races. Right. The, well, I mean, I, the, I never why understood. Why should horses give six pounds or four pounds in derby preps because that we should reward the horses that win, not not punish them. And I know that people are going to use those words against me one day when I say we should have more handicap races. But in this instance, in that these are primarily races to earn points. And yes, there's purse money, but let's just make them equal weights. Make them one twenty-one. Everybody carries one twenty-one or one twenty-two or whatever it is you want to make it. And and tell. Churchill Downs said, "If you want your race to have points, make it equal weights, and you're not gonna lose anybody. Nobody's running in these prep these prep races because they're getting three pounds or four pounds from the the other horse. They're just not. They're just not. And horses race so infrequently now that giving anyone a disincentive to run uh, by by giving them you know making them carry five or six pounds more because they won, it's it's not it's it's." The derby preps serve a different purpose. You know, it's not the Met mile. The Met miles. Right? It's the end. It's not the beginning. It's it's the goal. The the Derby preps are all preps. And they're big races in their, their, their own regard. But there's no reason that we don't make them equal weights. There's no reason. The Two year old races, do whatever you want with those. They they don't, you know, they're they're not getting much you're not getting much, um, many points for those races anyways, but let, let's do that. Let's make these equal weights. There's, there's no, like who says no. Who right. Said, that's why that's, that's what my thing is. Who's, who's going
1: to be like, no, we can't do that.
0: <laughs> and maybe a Philly gets, you know, there, gets five pounds because you know, you want to, you want to get a Philly to run in these races, give him five pounds. I think Three-year-old Phillies. I don't know what they get through three. I, I, you know, it's been so long. I can't even remember what what weight allowance horses get anymore, which is which is nuts. It might be just Alzheimer's on my part, but um, the Met Mile is really the one race that shows you because that's the one early season race where three-year-olds would once in a while take a shot. Um, you know they, they would they would take a shot in and against older horses the, the met mile because well number one there's just aren't very many one turn mile grade 1 races in this country and the met mile is is that you know quote unquote stallion making race so it's it's a huge goal i mean it's it's a it's one of the biggest races we run in this country so um but when you look at uh I, can't remember exactly what Holy Bull carried, but it was not a lot. Um, and he was coming off a clunker of a race in the uh, in the in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, Holy Bull, he, he didn't uh,
1: just inexplicably didn't show up. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he didn't run at all in the uh, in the in the Met, in the uh, excuse me in the, Met mile, the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> he ran a lot in that mile. Um, but um, hold on, I can look this up. Actually, yes, he carried 112 pounds. Um, Devil is doing colonial affair with the high weights at 122, so he got 10 pounds. 10 from pounds. High uh, he got six pounds from Cherokee Run, who was coming off a third in the Carter, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was the Carter or the Westchester. One of those. Might have been the Westchester because Virginia Rapids was in at one with 120. And I think Virginia Rapids won the Westchester going a mile. Um, but that was a pretty good I mean, that was a good field. GB. Cherokee run who wound up winning a Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, Devils do make four or five million dollars. Virginia Rapids, West by West, American Chance, Tenors Way, Colonial Affair, who won the Belmont as a three-year-old. Um, Murray Guerin and federal funds and <laughs> uh, Blair of Trumpets, for Mr. Siaga. But uh, now, Gulch ran in the Met Mile, but I know that they don't have, uh, I won't be able to find the chart for that. But um, I think he carried, uh, I think Pat Day rode Gulch when Gulch won the, uh, won the Met Mile. He also, he came out of the Kentucky Derby. Gulch not only came out of the Kentucky Derby to run in the Met Mile, he ran in the Preakness and the Belmont, too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's one of those things. And, you know, like Gulch was like, he was a really good two-year-old, and he kind of didn't live up to expectations because he was winning all the two-year-old races, and everybody kind of thought, like, well... Maybe he'll go on and, and, and be a great, you know, like win all the triple crown races and this and that. But I mean, he was a horse who made three million dollars in the old days. He won thirteen out of thirty two races. He had eight seconds and then four thirds. Um, but um, he, <laughs> and this is this is it's so crazy how how um, how it goes these days, in that he started his year in Hialeah. On February 28th and the Key West Stakes. He ran fourth. I think the Key West Stakes, seven ace. Um, he comes back three weeks later in the Bay Shore at Aqueduct. He wins the Bay Shore, grade two, seven ace. He comes back two weeks later in the Gotham. <laughs> he runs third in the Gotham. He comes back two weeks later in the Wood. He wins the Wood. Uh, and that's when the Wood was run. Uh, on the 18th of, of April, uh, the Derby was run May 2nd, so two weeks. So there was two weeks between the Bayshore, the Gotham, the Wood Memorial, and the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> right? Uh, that that's more that, that that's more starts than than uh, than most of the Derby horses have gotten in their careers. So he ran in in the Kentucky Derby. On May 2nd, he finished 6th. He ran May 16th in the Pimlico in, Pimlico in the Preakness. He finished 4th. On May 25th, nine days later, he ran into Met Mile and won. And then...
1: Ran the Belmont.
0: On on June 6th, um, which was, I think, 12 days, because that was when the Met Mile was on a Monday, uh, he, he ran into Belmont and ran 3rd. So <laughs> he took a detour... <laughs> in the triple crown during the triple crown to take a shot at the met mile <laughs> it's just uh it's it's almost like it's a different sport man
1: yeah <laughs> that that's a good way to put it that's true it's, man what i would love to see some of these horses like the, you know some of the better ones just run every 2 weeks
0: <laughs> i i tell you it's uh it's well, you know, like you sound curmudgeonly sometimes about you know saying, ah in the old days. Well, like you got to see your horses run all the time, you know. If you didn't like them or you liked them, they were they were running all the time. I mean, it was um, not uh, you know, just uh, it's it's just a different world. I mean, we all know that, and it is it is what it is. But could you imagine? Back in the times of Gulch, if if someone was running a horse like Rock Your World or Helium or or can uh... laugh at him, it's like yo, bring them on, right? They they would they would be bring re- them on. <laughs> what are you guys crazy? What, what's wrong with you? They would be the turf riders would be writing articles, but you know they're, they're travestied or letting these horses run, blah blah blah. But yeah, life marches on that. I went to Pompano last
1: night. Yeah, man. I I got to get down there next year.
0: I hope there is isn't.
1: Or next season. season.
0: I hope there is a next season.
1: What? I thought there was one more. I thought that was kind of already. They got one more in them.
0: There is a special session. Scheduled for May seventeenth, and however other days it takes, in Tallahassee to deal with the gambling issues, so chiefly the issue of the Indian Compact, um, the Seminoles and the state have kind of agreed to, where the state has handed sports betting over to the the, uh, the Seminoles, and, and really it seems like a terrible deal for the state, um, but part of that is going to be they're going to take up um, the decoupling the racing all the racing issues as well uh, I'm actually Steve scrunchy's going to be on tomorrow and going in circles live to talk about what's going on there and uh, what kind of uh, he just got a temporary deal signed with Churchill Downs um, they're gonna Churchill's you know the, it, it's got to do mainly with simulcast signals and, and, and monies from the call to casino and um, you know, should they be still required to, to give us uh, money because they're kind of you know, whatever. I mean, people have their opinions on it, but most of the time people have their opinions on it, but they don't really know all the facts. So we're going to try to at least put some of the facts out there and you can make your own judgment, you know, whether you like it, whether you don't like it. That's Not good to hear at
1: least, but you know, at least there, something.
0: The problem is that we're like uh, we're like a, a tennis ball at Wimbledon. <laughs> legislation up there, we just get whacked around from one place to another. We don't really have a lot of say. I mean, let's face it: in this state, the Indians and uh, the Seminole Tribe and Disney runs things. Uh, oddly, Disney hasn't been a player um, in the sports betting arena in this state, which is very odd to me because Disney owns ESPN, and ESPN in 2019 did a deal, I think, with seizures. Um, I mean, Fox Sports did the deal with Naira bets I mean, everybody's trying to jump into sports betting.
1: Yeah, well, but- if they decouple and they do all this other nonsense, you know, my belief is that, you know, in my opinion, that Disney's going to jump into a fray and, and, and throw a casino down here in Disney. Disney can't.
0: That's the thing is is that they're not supposed to, but they they're find giving the stuff. tribe all the power. It's very odd, and the tribe is going to give them a lot. They're guaranteeing them five hundred million dollars a year, which sounds like a lot of money, but they might bet twenty billion a year here, fifteen billion a year. So all of a sudden, it's not that big of a you know, it's the number is not nearly as big as it might be, and um. You know the compact also gives the Indians, the Seminoles, the right to build three more casinos in Broward County, which just in that county, which you would seem, uh, which seems like it's an oversaturated market as already they have the the the, the casino at Dania, they have the there's another smaller Seminole casino, they have um, the one in Coconut Creek is is a Seminole casino, they have uh, Pompano, they have. The, the license at the dog track the, the fountain oh, Mardi
1: Gras
0: yes they're trying to get that to, fountain, to the Fountain Blue and they have pulled out all the stops they, they have uh, Tom Brady lobbying for him the Santis is, is pushing for it uh, it just is uh, you know I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not but that, that, that seems like they've got the inside track and horse racing just uh, gets kind of gets batted around a little bit we just don't have the political pull that some of the big, uh, bigger companies do. Now, under the one compact um, re- uh, language we saw, it would allow the paramutuals. And there, you know, it's funny. There's 30 paramutuals in this state, and you think about it. You're thinking, all right, there are no more dog tracks, but the dog tracks that were in existence are all still operating the simulcast centers and or uh, card rooms. So they're all going to be able to, to have sports betting. Um, the high lie, the the phony kind of races that they have in a couple places way up north. Um, Hialeah essentially has phony races now. Uh, Gulfstream, Tampa, they'll all be able, allowed to have sports betting, but it has to be done through the Seminoles. And what they're going to do is they're going to have the server. Be located on tribal land because that's what the law says that the tri- that any of the gambling has to be done on tribal land. Who's writing? So, <laughs> so the the technical way they're getting around this is like you make a f- bet on your phone, it has to run through the server, so the bet's not made until it hits the server, and then, um, technically that's on on the reservation. So, uh, you know, there's Daniel Wallach who's was kind of i guess he's kind of like the preeminent uh public sports wagering legal analyst uh he, and he's from down here um he is he claims he's been very stoutly saying that he believes that it's possible that the law will be overturned in federal court because there's been some prior cases but it's a very complicated situation. Um, if Gulfstream or Tampa per se were to get sports wagering, uh, it's likely that the purses will get will be you know get nothing, zero. So it's not exactly going to like it's it's probably more competition for us, than, you know, without any kind of remuneration. Which you know, I mean, what do, what are we going to do? This is this is the uh, this is the, 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 the dish that was served to us and we can either eat it or not. So, uh, it's, it's uh, Steve will be on tomorrow and, and um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Pete Dank is going to be on tomorrow. We're going to talk about a little bit of the Derby recap from his point of view and uh, just talk about, you know, the weekend, what happened there. And, and that should be interesting. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. and it, To me, I, I know the handle was up a little bit this week. Um, and I believe Mr. Crunk is going to be back. I think we're going to... Okay, back. okay. Um, maybe even later in the week. That's uh, good. Because, like next, the you know, it's, it's always tough the week of, of, like, the Preakness or the Derby or the Belmont because everybody kind of wants to talk about that. And sometimes, like, when we do pods that aren't... Um, talking about that (laughs) sometimes we talk about the business of horse racing we 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 lose a little bit of you know some people just aren't that interested in it which is you know understandable it's not it's really not all that interesting to be honest but um but it does matter and and it matters if you if you're a a horse owner it matters if you're a horse trainer it matters if you're a a horse better because it's you're 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 the people putting the money up uh, so but um I I still, I I still am. am The the Kentucky Derby, the big races, Saratoga—they're all going to be fine. It's just everything else. It's everything else. uh, I mean, I I don't wish it to be bad. I mean, don't get me wrong—I want it to be good, but
1: right. But you got to be real at some point and be like, "Well, this is this is the situation."
0: And, uh, you know, like, we don't talk too much here about, like, economics, but it seems like like the economy is, is, is humming along. I mean, the stock market certainly is, which, of course, helps the sales. The sales the sales are literally directly tied to the stock market. When the stock market's riding high, the sales are good. When the stock market plunges, the sales plunge, too. Um, but, you know, the... Handle corresponds maybe, maybe to to the economy being good. So I, I don't. It's it, it's a hard it's hard to figure out. A lot of what the racing uh, establishment tells you is bullshit. So you, you start to can Yeah, you can't really believe. You start it. you start to question what they're saying. And yeah, then you know some of the stuff might have elements of truth in it. And um, it just seems like it just seems like. Uh, and, and and listen, the Hamble numbers for for Oaks and Derby were down. Not compared to last year, because last year was the COVID and it was terrible. The numbers for all the Triple Crown races last year were just brutal. Um, but they were down from 2019 as well. Uh, and, and Churchill's card on on Saturday, I have to commend Ben um, Ben Huffman for and his crew because that that was a great card. I mean,
1: yeah, it was. It was very very good.
0: It, it's tough to get cards better than that race or the, no, that race card. It, it was an exceptional card through and through, you know, you have the gamines that you can't avoid. Uh,
1: I can't believe that's a great one. You know, I would have liked to
0: seen a couple more in the, in the Phillies, uh, going the, the the distaff mile on the turf. But other than that, I mean that those are just kind of like blips on the radar the the card was, was, was really good. The Friday card was okay. it wasn't as, as um, it wasn't as strong as Saturday's at all. I mean, Saturday's card was was just uh, outstanding. Uh, there was a race on the undercard that, like, we talked about the race before and after, and we're like, like taken back by <laughs> the performance of the horse, and that was um, Mass Parade. Mass
1: Parade.
0: Al who, horse. Take them off their feet. Who 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 never had? I mean, he had a win. But he had never finished in front <laughs> so he got he got moved up on, on, a, on a pretty questionable DQ at the very cool. on Louisiana Derby day and he just like drummed this field and he, he sat uh, he sat 3 wide. he was right off the pace and you know the fractions weren't like exceptionally fast they were they were a little bit on the slow side 23.63 uh, 48.24 112.3. Um, and he, and he was three wide both turns, but coming into the stretch, he just changed leads and accelerated man. And he wound up winning the race by 11 and three quarters at the stretch call. He was four ahead. So he made up, or, you know, he, he left the field seven, almost eight lengths in the last eighth of a mile. And he ran the last eighth in 11 and four under 12 seconds. And, and maybe the early pace, uh, would have a little bit to do with that, and it wasn't exceptionally fast, but you just don't see that happen very often in mile and an eighth races, nine furlong races, or even, even mile sixteenth races, where the last eighth shades 11 seconds. It, it just doesn't happen. And uh, I think you got a 97 buyer for the race. And when you consider that the Pat Day mile, which had exceptionally fast fractions, and had the Pat Day mile been the Pat Day seven eighths probably would have got about 103 buyer <laughs> is, but the buyer for that race was slower because the last eighth was almost 14. Um, but he, he, he ran a, a number six points higher. Now the buyers aren't end all of end but they're the numbers that we have right now. So that's the numbers that we're going to give you because that's the ones we have. That's
1: we got. Um,
0: but, uh, that was a kind of a crazy race. And Al said that they're going to, they're thinking about, you know, the Matt win, which I, I guess is, um, like a month away um at uh, at Churchill. But um I mean that horse looked like a horse that could be a, a factor later in the year and he's he's by upstart.
1: Yeah, I I bet him so I, I was loving that. And he just left no doubt. He was just so far ahead of everybody else. Almost to the point where we were talking, and I, I was like, No way, that time can't be right, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. You said that. Barry was like, "Can I be right?" And I'm like, "I think it is." I mean, he he just left the rest. You know, he just left the feet, the, the horses in the race. He just absolutely left them. Um, that that was kind of crazy, man. That, it was
1: impressive.
0: Yeah, uh, like the Matt win is is on the 29th. It's a mile sixteenth. Okay. Um, I mean, that would be a logical next start for him. I, I don't. Think that you'd, you know, he's certainly not going to run back in the Preakness, and you, you you wouldn't think that he would make his next start in the Belmont. But, uh, yeah, the Matt Wynn, and maybe you know, if he runs good there, maybe maybe the Haskell, something like that. You know, I don't know that uh, he wants to be a mile and a quarter horse, but he he, he was he was certainly striding out, you know, uh, you'd think after the triple crown series, you have the Haskell and you have the, the Travers as, as the big, um, you know, summer goals. And, and then I guess the Pennsylvania Derby, which I, I believe they're going to, they've scheduled for this year. So, you know, those are the big three, um, three-year-old events the rest of the year, but uh, he, he looks like he might be a player in those.
1: I hope so. I, I mean,
0: you know, I think
1: that that performance just got drowned out by a couple of others, you know, by the Flagstaff race and, uh, you know, Jackie's Warrior. But that one, I mean, I noticed. I don't know about anybody else. But, geez, that that was impressive.
0: There was two Phillies that have been uh, – have had pretty incredible race records that really – didn't um, they didn't run up to up to their standards and, and Gamine won. She, she was run. she was life and death to win the race, and maybe we just expect too much out of her. I mean, um,
1: it was Tomato Can City though. I mean, she should have beat those horses by more than that. I mean, it wasn't like she was going to lose, but it just visually just didn't look like you you would want a horse with that much of an advantage to, to kind of look like.
0: Coming into the stretch, it's, it, you know, she kind of was getting out like she does. And, and you kind of expected her to like run away from a little bit because the, the fractions weren't all that fast. And, really
1: didn't. <laughs>
0: and she really didn't know. I mean, I, I, for a second, it looked like uh, Greg Foley the t-
1: was going to call her,
0: going to beat her. But I mean, she was game, Um And another filly that didn't run at all, and she was a very high-profile purchase last fall in November, and she's also part of the, uh, the, um, the, um, micro-share world now. Oh, my racehorse. Scott Stormy, um, I mean, she didn't really run through a dud. She didn't look great, I mean, she was kind of drifting, and then she never really, um, She never looked like she was going to run well, and she didn't. She didn't run good. And, I mean, honestly, she won her debut uh, at Gulfstream, but it was kind of a life-and-death battle with a good trip. And she noticeably had regressed in her her speed figures. And You know, sometimes these mares have a lot of tough races under their belt. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of really good fillies. Uh, I mean, Medallia Dior filly, uh, Rachel Alexandra. She was not the same as a four-year-old. Um, Lady Secret winning colors. A lot of these horses they get to five or six years old, and they kind of they tail off a little bit. And, and I think Get Stormy. I mean, maybe she'll bounce back. I mean, she's every once in a while she's thrown in clunkers, but that's two of them. And I, I'm just I'm just thinking maybe I'd yeah, be skeptical. Better days, yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: I know what in that race, if New York girl wins, I may not have even attempted to bet the Derby. I would have just shut the t v off <laughs> seriously one. i I had supers with the with the horse on top, and it just the horse even came you know just ran against the dynamics and
0: still almost won well when Jakarta scratched. Right, that was a big... It, it, it gave uh, blowout, the lead. Um, and then...
1: The <laughs> Tactically, kind of nobody... The
0: way, uh, you know, she just kind of opened up. Flavia Pratt just let her run. He didn't fight her. He just let her run. And she didn't really go that fast. I mean, um, when you have five lengths after three quarters and 12... and uh, 13, 113, I mean, she went 12, 112.99. So, essentially, she went 113 for three quarters... In a mile race, um, you know, she comes home her last eighth and 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 eleven and change, and she runs her her last quarter in twenty three seconds. Well, it's pretty hard to make up ground on those horses. And uh, I mean, New York Girl did make up quite a bit of ground. Yeah, she certainly did. I don't know what she ran her last eighth or last quarter twenty two and change, but um, yeah, I mean, Pratt just got out and and he he. He did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, he like I said,
1: you know, earlier, he he puts his horses where where they need to be. And he was Johnny on the spot <laughs> and 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 got it done.
0: No, he, he did a good job. And I mean he's the guy's, you know, he's he's a good rider. There's a lot of good riders. There's a lot of good riders.
1: It's, um... Yeah, Raspoli continues to impress no matter where he rides.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, we still have issues, in sometimes the races, the, the the lack of aggression in, in some of these uh, non big stake races early in the pace, it's been a pro ongoing issue. But you know, can't have everything. <laughs> so this week is kind of be a uh, little bit of a at the Peter Pan at Belmont. Um, and they, what's the other ace they have at Belmont this week? Uh, there's a big... There's another um, one. I'm drawing a blank. I just saw it yesterday. Yeah, but the Peter Pan, I, I, I it's probably going to get... A, I think it'll have a small field... Man of war. The man of war, his seven hundred thousand dollar man <clears off. throat> um, and I, I don't uh I don't know, I'm sure. Channel cat. <laughs>
1: yeah. Channel cat's in there, uh it? it should be a decent race. Our buddy uh what's it called? Uh the, the closer that I, I refuse to bet.
0: Sadler's Joy. Oh, Sadler's Joy. He's another one. He, he's kinda he slipped a little bit too. I don't think uh I don't think Saddler's Joy is, is is quite got the kick he used to have. Um Arklo is another one. Arklo, yeah. It's kinda like all the horses I hate race. <laughs> 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 this is like the uh the uh, the enemy of Chuck's wallet race. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Mike Maker will have somebody in there.
1: Um, Bill Pass is in there also. Yeah,
0: Maker's got like 15 nominated. Uh, he'll be in there. Mashed up Fox Sounds just ran the other day. Uh, I wonder if run. he hasn't run since last year. Yep,
1: Gufo's but- is in there. Saw him. Should be a nice race.
0: Chatter Paul's got one nominated, I see. Mm. So high. Spooky channel just ran. Uh yeah, it doesn't I don't know that we're gonna get a real big field, so
1: No, I think I thought they, they said probably seven or eight probable.
0: Makers got uh, five nominated, six nominated. Jack Sisterson's got a couple. Yeah, well, I guess a bunch of these will be coming off layoffs. A lot of them haven't run this year, haven't run much. Um, so yeah, we'll see see what happens. It was uh, I saw the other day the Kentucky Downs' condition book is out. Interesting. Which is uh, it? It is interesting considering that it doesn't run until September. So you have plenty of time to plan. Uh, the Virginia, uh, the Colonial Downs condition book is out. Their yes. purses, because they didn't run last year except for a couple of days. I can't. I guess they have a bunch of purse money left over, so their purses uh, are actually pretty good. Um, so that that meet I think, I believe start, starts in uh, in May, at the end of May goes i think six or seven weeks um yeah colonial or actually colonial starts in july what am i talking about yeah colonial starts july 19th and and, and goes to uh, september 1st so uh, i believe that you'll see quite a few horses from churchill Downs there because i i think churchill downs is, is actually shutting their, their turf course down this year um I don't exactly know when, but I, I believe that uh, uh, pretty soon um, after this meet, uh, or, or later in the meet, they're they're, they're going to stop writing turf races.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I've I've heard that though they they wanted to reconstruct or rip it up and do a whole lot of things to it.
0: Yeah, so that I think uh, I don't know where they're gonna get the horses for all these meets this summer. To be honest, there's um, there's just not that many horses out there, and I think COVID hurt that a little more than people know. Then you know, you see the high profile owners have have they're not gonna be affected pretty much by anything, Um, but. A lot of the guys, the regular guy owners that own restaurants, that own businesses that were affected by COVID, um, I I think a lot of them got rid of their horses.
1: Makes sense. I mean,
0: economically. So it just seems like we're not, we haven't seen really robust fields. Um, I mean, the Keeneland fields were kind of light. And maybe there was a lot of guys pointing to those two Derby, you know, Oaks and Derby Day cards. So uh, there was a bunch of allowance races, a bunch of nice maiden races. The purse were, you know, the $115,000 maiden races. So uh, that, that would be understandable why we would pass up. But um, I, I don't really know where we're going to get the horses. I don't know what's going to happen at Monmouth. Um, oh, boy. That, you know, that There's some guys yeah. that are, are kind of, Pausing um, because they're a little unsure of uh, what's going to happen there. And I mean, we don't have that much time to go. Mammoth's opening day is Friday, May 28th. So, what do we have, May 3rd? So, so, um, three weeks from Friday, Mammoth opens.
1: Uh, Saw a tweet about that uh, whip rule with the overhand underhand it's just a lot of nonsense like how how are they really going to effectively keep track of all that
0: i don't know i, I really don't know i, I don't know it, it, it's it's baffling to
1: me um, well it's baffling to me because you know i i don't i i wouldn't think it would be that hard of a sell to be like all right well this is why we do this you know <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't
0: imagine that's a hard sell uh you got to remember you're dealing with state government appointees who don't really know anything about horse racing don't really seem to give a shit about horse racing so but no um, conversation like you can no, get them no, in the room no, and be like no, hey why they we do they don't really want to talk about it that's
1: that's insane they're just it's, dead uh, when
0: when people tell us, well, you know, horse racing self regulated, I always kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, we don't name the people on the racing commissions in most states. We we you know these people are, are given to us. We're not we're not controlling them. And this is a very good example of that, where they just don't want input from the jockeys. They don't want input from the racing the, the you know the people, and they just don't give a shit. And they're going to put this uh, rule in because they've been probably, uh, you know, affected by animal rights people of some sort. I, I don't know. I don't know who else would, would push for that. Um, but um, it's it'll be, you know, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what, ha- what happens there because uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we've said this before. Jockeys are an important part of the sport I think that their importance uh, on an individual horse is probably overblown in a lot of ways especially at the, the the B and C level tracks where the difference between the top guys and the sixth or seventh guy might just be a better agent and opportunity unlike at the top of the business where the, the top jockeys are the top jockeys and yes they have all the business but you know these guys are the premier guys and um, but if you're going to go somewhere and you're just not going to be able to ride anyone that you know is going to make your owner happy, it's, it's going to live you know ride right up to your standards. I mean, it's kind of a situation that I, I've never really seen. I mean, when when have we ever seen jockeys just literally say we don't want to ride at this track? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that ever. Yeah, I I, I, I haven't.
1: Um, and I saw, you know, like Antonio Gallardo say some things on Twitter about it, um, which was surprising because he doesn't really say much. <laughs> um,
0: but oh, yeah, he, he said he's going to Prescott. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just not really sure if we're going to have enough horses to fill all these cards. Um, Delaware has not. Uh, I mean, Delaware, and especially in the Mid Atlantic region, you know, they're having all kinds of trouble at Laurel. Uh, they're actually all the horses are, are being forced to leave Laurel because they're having issues with Right track. Um, oh, that's right. The track is. They need to up. just absolutely do the whole track over and they were trying to um they were trying to do it piece by piece but i I guess they just found more issues and and they just have to get everyone out of there so everyone's being moved to Bowie and or pimlico so pimlico the pimlico meet has been extended um when you know usually they would go to preakness week and then uh, a little bit after that or i don't even know if they go after that but um you know the Pimlico is the, the the Pimlico meet had been slashed. I mean, it had been cut way back, but now I think they're going to wind up staying at Pimlico to till July first or something in that area, um, because of all the issues they're having with the track surface at Laurel. And and honestly, it is probably the best thing to do is to get everybody out of there, fix the thing once and for all, get it fixed, get it done right, um, and it's it's. It's a giant pain in the ass. I feel bad if for people stabled in that area.
1: Uh, yeah, but, but they're going to colonial
0: now. Uh, well, colonial doesn't start till July, so there's a long time to go but before we get there. I mean, they're they're needing a place like tomorrow, you know.
1: Well, um, yeah, but isn't isn't uh, Pimlico going to stay open till July?
0: They're supposed to stay open till July, but there's you know there's not that many feasible barns at Pimlico. No, lots of guys are having to go to Bowie and. You know, it's, it's like when you're stabled somewhere and you have your barn set up and especially with you have a lot of horses and your people have the you know they their year-round places where the people live um, you know you're, you're you're moving them out of there I, I don't know what the situation is with the living arrangements either so uh, it's just a giant inconvenience and but you know it tracks bad you got to fix it and I, I guess you know they have a rodent infestation, which most right. tracks have, rats. We just deal with it. It's, but uh, they got some big rats at Laurel. But uh, Belmont, I I hear stories about those ones. On the Belmont rats. They they could if they could round up ten of them, they could saddle them up and, and run run an extra race every day. <laughs> but uh, you know, listen, rat, rats are you know, the barns are the perfect places for them. They burrow underneath. They, there's plenty of food for them. There's you know, horses are always dropping feed, and, you know. uh, and it's hard to get them. Once they're in, it, it's really, really, really hard to get rid of them. They're they're kind of creatures that nobody really, you know, like gives you a creeps, and nobody really likes rats, bite. But they're really amazing in that that they can they can fit through these tiny little holes and then they can... Bite through metal. Yeah, I mean, like, they're like these little, you know, destructive um, you know, creatures, but they're they're very, very difficult to get rid of. So, yeah, so the the, the issue with uh, in, in Maryland's not great, but, no. you know, listen, this is what you gotta do. You gotta fix it up and then move on because this is not the the era of being able to just have some horses get hurt and just say, oh, well, you know, we know the track's not that great, but we don't have the money in the budget, you know? Like, it doesn't go over anymore. So they need to get that fixed. And, you know, once Delaware opens up, um, there should be ample racing opportunities for, for guys there. It just, you know, all of a sudden, now you're having to ship to run all of, all of and, You know, instead of running out of your own barn, out of your own, house you know your guys aren't living in their their own dorm everything is shipping you're shipping and shipping and shipping and, and if you're at like uh a place like fair hill well you're used to doing that but um and it, it's again it's not the end of the world it's it's not like they're having to ship 12 hours to run but well, it's a pain in the ass and uh you know it'll probably help the field size of some of these other tracks or in the mid-atlantic at least temporarily So yeah, but Mammoth coming up uh you know end of the month. It'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see uh to see how, how uh how they're affected. And we'll get we'll get some of our spies up there to, to tell us what the the count, the horse count is
1: Oh we got some spies, all right.
0: Spies like us, like the movie.
1: Oh man, that's a great movie.
0: It's <laughs> <This is> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so so, it was kind of a interesting weekend. I cashed a future book ticket for the first time, and boom! I think since Strike the Gold, I hardly ever played a future book. Nah, I got authentic
1: last year, so I can't complain.
0: But um, yeah, it was it was it was kind of it was kind of nice, and I hit the pick four last night at, the, at Pompano. Oh, the late pick four. And like I said, we don't know what's gonna happen and it might have been the last pick four that ever. No, was. don't say that I gotta go down there. I gotta I gotta, I gotta, I gotta it, it would really suck if I mean at least if we get one more year, just it's hard to imagine a world where so many of these tracks don't exist. Pompano Park, Calder, Hollywood Park, Arthur, uh, not Hawthorne, uh, Arlington, Suffolk, Garden State. Just so many of these tracks. That... Let me
1: talk to these guys at Hialeah, man.
0: Let me talk to them. It'd be nice, but <clears throat> it'd be nice, but there's just so many barriers to success. I mean, that's the and that's the thing these days. Like we were talking about earlier, racing is not simple anymore. Everything is complicated, and and Pat Cummings and. Um, the group he works for, the Thoroughbred Ideas Foundation, has put this
2: I think a twelve
0: part series about wagering insecurity. How 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 frightening the uh frighteningly inept the security is for the bets that you make. Um,
1: well, you had a story last
0: week where your guy
1: <laughs> he couldn't he had to come back on a Monday to get his money.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was well that was just I just he won so much they didn't have enough money on hand that's uh, a problem but the problem here is is you know the and this has been something that I, i've thought about for a long time i kept thinking if they can hack into like the pentagon right and they can hack into like banks and and the, and, and these um these institutions with you know massive security and 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 you know like like who do you think has got um, a, a better infrastructure to fight hackers right the the pentagon or 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 pen national you know <laughs> well the fix so, six wasn't really all that long ago it wasn't and and a lot of pat cummings has done this thing and um, I appreciate, you know, the, the, the work and the effort, the, cause I'm sure, I mean, he interviewed phew, seems like a hundred people. Um, and I gotta tell you, Pat, I, I think your, your timing might've been a little up because doing that Derby week, it just gets, everything gets flossed in, in, in the, the wake of the Derby. And, and it just, I mean, Derby week, nobody wants to talk about anything but the Derby. It's, it's literally true. Um, but, um, yeah, I would check that out. Uh, Thoroughbred Ideas Foundation. If, if you have any interest in that, it's a it's like a twelve part series, and the parts are, I mean, and you know, they're they're not long. I mean, it's not like you're going to have to read uh, a War and Peace, but it's eye opening how and it's and it honestly, it's completely one hundred percent believable because this is how this industry deals with things. They kick the can down the road. They ignore it. They sweep it under the rug. It's just how things are done, and it's very, very frustrating. And it's why I don't believe that. It's why I, I'm so pessimistic about everything. I'm just pessimistic about everything that it's told us. Um, I don't believe a lot of the things they tell us. And and this some of the stuff that Pat has uncovered is really, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's really shocking. And when you see pools that don't or, or, or you know, prices that don't seem to fit the pool, that don't seem to fit the results, you you wonder. And a lot of times at well, the smaller tracks, it's just um, you know, there's just not enough money in the pool. Yeah, you know? pool size is, but is a problem. Uh, on days like Derby Day, if you have numbers that come back a little short, I mean, there was guys saying that they thought the, the, the triple in the Derby was short.
1: This, uh, the super seemed awfully light. You know, so
0: it's, that that thought goes through your mind. That thought goes through your mind. And, I mean, how do we know? Like, if, if you uh, you said to me, Chuck, we're going to beef up backside security. Well, it would take me one or two trips to see if that actually happened. Right? Yes. I, I could see it. You could see tangible results of that. You could drive in without your pass. You could, uh, you know sneak around the back and see if anybody's paying attention. You, you could drive around the backside and see if you see any, any cameras, any faces, any, any you know, like you, you could test the system per se, you know, you would see maybe extra security or, or, or something going on. Like it would be a, a almost a tangible thing. Well, like, well, wagering security. Well, how do we know you make a bet on your, 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 um, your express battery, your twin spires, your Nairobi bet app. Well, you're pushing a button and and the money is gone from your account to you. who knows where.
1: Or knows where.
0: (laughs) Right? So how do we know, like, who's minding the store, especially when you have a pool of money, okay? Say the Kentucky Derby pool, all right? You have a pool of money for whatever pool, the the tri-pool, okay? You have money coming from how many different places? How many different places? How many different uh, Outlets are there taking Derby?
1: Well, the old conspiracy theory is that some of the um, people that have their own private kind of connect to the mutual system can pass post, and that's why you see a lot of odds drops. But I mean, again, that's just the conspiracy theory, there's nothing proven. The
0: one of the la- I don't know if it was the last chapter, the, the, the chapter before, but. Mike Maloney, who's, who's a big player, and, and he's, uh, he's been outspoken uh, about a lot of the issues, and he actually showed cracks in the system where he was able to make bets.
1: Yeah, after the race was gone. Like,
0: like, yeah, like 90 seconds into the race or 60 seconds into the race, and he was doing it. He was telling them he was going to do this to show them that there was a problem, and he said all they wanted to do was, was come after me like I was doing something wrong, but all I'm you know, and I'm doing this right well, telling, you know, them. telling them, Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna do this because it can be done, but I'm telling you, and what about the people that aren't telling you? And and that that's you know, that that's kind of the attitude though. The investigators investigated him, <laughs> you know, he's he's a um, uh, a well known figure they know who he is they know what his bets are they he bet's through the pools he doesn't go you know right it, this is not a guy he's trying to to help you and and what do you do you're investigating him and that's freaking horse racing man and i know like when baffert wins the derby and every time baffert wins any race it just it's uh i think the word i used in one of the write-ups i wrote was uncomfortable it gets increasingly uncomfortable when he wins. And it's uncomfortable when you listen to the praise. And it's uncomfortable when um, Larry Comis makes a couple, you know, hey, Bob for went to seven. And, and I understand, like, what's Larry supposed to do? Does right. He say anything? You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is he supposed to ignore the fact he is uh, the announcer? He is not the, the guy who is um you know in charge of the the morality police or the ethic police or whatever it is there is and it it is it's a problem that the business just doesn't want to face um i don't know really what to do about it i don't know what to say about it when people come up with conspiracy theories like joel rosario stiff uh, Rocky World in the Derby because he wanted to help <laughs> Baffert win the seventh. And because it's, you know, Joel didn't want that $150,000 check that he would get for winning the race or the he notoriety jumped. for winning the race. Um, and he would risk, you know, like maybe breaking his neck by taking his foot out of the iron intentionally. To, to I, I mean, when you say that, I will argue against you because you're stupid. It's just a stupid theory. Okay. Yeah, dump the shark. It, it just is, is like, it Dumped just been too far. <laughs> The horse got squeezed at the start. Whether I, I don't know why he lost his iron coming out of there, but it happens. It happens. Ask any jockey, it happens. We don't have people with taking pictures of every race. Um it doesn't happen a lot, but it had, does, does happen. It didn't cause that horse to lose. It had nothing to do with the horse losing. It had nothing to do with the horse getting squeezed. So, like when people come up with that. I'll fight you on it. That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And and, and any time you spend wasted, uh, wasting on, on, on trying to come up with some conspiracy like that is dumb. You're wasting your time. It's it, it's there's there's nothing there. It's a ghost. You're seeing ghosts. But when they complain about Bob Baffert getting a lot of positives, I, I, what do I? I don't have any. I don't have any defense for that. He's true. It's true. <sighs> and the fact of the matter was that. We don't even know what the hell happened in Arkansas now.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they kind of shook his hand and was like, Yeah, you're the guy. So it's. Well, they a-
0: screwed it up. They screwed up the investigation. They screwed up the lab. It was it's a, it's a screw up, screw up, screw up, screw up. And that's not a racing people. The Arkansas Racing Commission isn't racing people because it says racing. Those people weren't, weren't horse racing guys. They were people that, that had some kind of political pull in the state of Arkansas. So God knows who they are. But
1: even Baffert actually brought that up in that meeting, um, how everything was fumbled that he thought. And at first, I was like, you know, he's probably just saying that. But then, you know, at second thought, he was right. (laughs) It it was all messed up.
0: Listen, there's a dirty little secret. and I'm going to tell you right now. If you get a violation in horse racing and you have enough money to fight it, you'll probably eventually beat it. Because what happens is the states don't want to spend tons of money adjudicating horse racing crap. It's the truth. In the state of Florida, the state steward is not supposed to participate in the the DQs in calling a horse down or up. Because they don't want to be involved in litigation if someone sues. Literally, that is the reason. They don't want to spend extra money on it. And it costs money to go to court. And it cost Bob Baffert a lot of money. People say, well, he got off with two fines. Well, he got off with two fines. He did get the money back from the purses. But I don't know what his lawyer charges, but I'm sure he's not free. And that's the thing, is is if you fight these cases, and there's other cases. There's cases. There was a case with Todd Pletcher in Delaware that they fought. And and eventually Delaware just gave in. There's other cases. A lot of them. They, they, the states don't want to spend tons of money adjudicating horse racing crap. They don't care. They have a budget. I, I told you the story about Byron Lassen, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, Byron Lassen was a, was a guy. He's a lawyer, <laughs> ironically enough. Um, and he, he, he got the bug. He, he rode in some amateur races, drove him in harness, harness races, and he got the bug. And he bought some horses. He had my friend was training him, John Brennan, the late John Brennan. And Byron was a good guy, but Byron was, you know, Byron. <coughs> and he invented this, uh, you know, with the help of someone I'm sure. This special sulky. It was a, called a single hitch sulky. And what it did was it attached on the top of the harness, so the horse was so much freer. Before that. You had to tie the horse to the, the, the bike. So the horse was tied on both sides of the harness. This was something that came to the top and attached um, it, with a kind of clicked in. So the horse was totally free. It was a gigantic advantage. And, and Byron had one of these and the state said it was illegal because back then the, 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 the rule, I mean, when you looked at the, the rule for the bikes, it didn't meet the rule. So Byron, who was, he told me he graduated third in his class at NYU, he went to court and he kept it tied up for years. And I said to him one day, we're, we were sitting at lunch and I said to him, Byron, it's clear that like the rule is pretty simple. It says, you know, it has to be this and it has to do this. It can't do this. And he laughed. He says, I know that. He says, I'm not going to want to do this forever. He goes, I do it for fun now anyways. And he said, but the fact of the matter is that I I saw an advantage and I took it. And he said, I graduated third in my class at NYU. I make tremendous amounts, you know, tons of money. He goes, somebody graduated 289th. And he goes, they're working for the state making $60,000 a year. (laughs) Right. He goes, if I can't turn those guys in, in circles in court, and get them, you know. If I can't beat them in court just on 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 on, uh, on technicalities, he goes, which is what exactly what I've done. He goes, every time they have a counter, I come up with something else, and and it spins them off. And he goes, six more months before the next hearing, and I got six more months of using my single hitch sulky, which is, you know, and um, eventually he dropped it, and you know they 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 did they did ban it, they they made it, they, you know he just dropped the case and quit driving. Cause he got tired of doing it but the point was that <laughs> he knew <laughs> that, that, that the rule was clear and that the bike that he was using shouldn't have been allowed but he did it because he went to court he didn't have to pay a lawyer he did it himself and he, he, like i said he just spun these guys like tops so it's 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 a, it's a it it sucks. It sucks, and it's it's another case where the rich people and the wealthy people have an advantage over everyone else, because most guys can't afford a train uh, a lawyer to fight something for months and six months or a year a year and a half. They can't afford the legal bills. They just can't, and uh, you know. But the whole thing with Baffert is that it, it, it's 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 tough for this business because. Um, yeah the general public doesn't care but the general public is not who matters to us who matters to us are the people that bet on the races and the people that that buy the horses to supply the tracks with a product when those two parties have had enough it's hard to get them back and I don't know what exactly we kind of, I, I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. You know, I, I don't know if there's anything that we can do about it. And uh, it's just a bad look for us. Uh, yeah. and I guess you could say, you know, baseball had the same problem with Barry Bonds and, and, and Roger Clemens. Yep. And they, they never really got suspended for anything, right? They never really contested positive for anything. It's the court of public opinion. And it, it's kept both of them out of the Hall of Fame, which of course won't happen to Bob Afford because they're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, but it's well,
1: it's it, the it, mood. The mood of the win was different yesterday uh, on Saturday than it normally would be.
0: Yeah, and that's. I guess that's. Uh, I'm fumbling to come up with the words, but the, I think you're right. The, the just the the mood after the race was. It, it just was kind of. Um, it was kind of ugly, really. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're not always going to have popular figures. And there's a lot to be said to have villains. Like the Yankees,
1: right? The the Golden State Warriors from a few years ago.
0: Right. You know, like, uh, people tune in to, to see the Yankees because a lot of two people, some of them want to watch them because they run a route for them. And then the rest of us, you know, root against them. Like if you watch a game between the Seattle Mariners and the the, uh, the the Cleveland Indians, like nobody has like real strong feelings against or for those teams for the most part, right? It's just the game, but when it's the Yankees or the Red Sox or it's Duke basketball or, or, or it's uh, uh, Notre Dame football, which gets hated even though they never win anything anymore. <laughs> but um, The Cowboys, right. There's, there's that one that, 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 that name brand that you want to root against. You know? Like you want to root against them. And um it sells. Uh the, the funny thing about like the NCA basketball tournament is that everybody loves the upsets. But nobody wants upsets in the last couple rounds. They want to see the good teams when the when the the, the the 13th seeds are in the ratings are down. Because people's like, well yeah it was nice to see him win a couple but uh now now we want to see the teams we know and we want to be able to root for and against and and that's you know what usually happens. I mean, you got plenty of upsets early, and then the familiar faces are there. And and when the ratings are down, it's it's usually when the non-familiar faces are there. Um, and I was supposedly the, the the Derby got like some unbelievable. Um, yeah, beat the Masters number. Final round, Masters.
1: Yeah, well,
0: all sports has been down this year. All sports everything has essentially been down and and that's 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 a factor that we've talked about before um and 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 like people are just waking up i think to the fact now that hey uh this channel that the breeders cup and the derby undercard and the oaks card is on isn't going to exist next year um you know uh (laughs) what are we gonna do (laughs) like where are they gonna have these races on and Are they going to put them on streaming services that we've got to subscribe to to watch? Yeah,
1: hard enough to try to watch the undercards this year.
0: Yeah, so it's it's gonna be
1: worse next year.
0: That's a you know that's a question. And somebody was saying, well, do you think that they'll let you know Fox? No, no, NBC's not going to cover their. If they think it has value, they're going to put it on their own. Um you know, streaming service and, and, and they do have some other television networks, but they're like, not, um, uh, they're obscure. what do they have like universal or something? I mean, they're, they're like
1: or paramount or some, some weirdness, like put it somewhere, but it's, it's crazy.
0: Right. So where the only way you're going to have it, um, uh, on your cable network, is if you have like the all the tiers, or you know, like, um, it, it's, it's not going to be readily available, put it that way. It's not going to be like it was in, in the old days, and, um, you know, the Bravo Oxygen, you know, True.
1: um, <laughs> like they do the uh, the the. The tournament, the NCAA tournament, where they put it on like seven different channels.
0: All right, USA. Um, th- those are the ones they have. You know, the Oxygen Channel, USA Network. Uh, I mean Bravo. I mean, I mean, are we really gonna be what, having to watch the races on Bravo, the Joe Bravo channel? <laughs> I mean, do we even have that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting
1: year coming up. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So I haven't heard anybody make, tell me, you know, or, or say anything about what's going to happen. Maybe they don't know what's going to happen. Maybe there's negotiations ongoing to, you know, NBC lost the uh, one of their big, um, their are big uh, sports uh, franchises and, and that they're, they're not doing the NHL. This is the last season for the NHL. So um, you know, I'm not sure that the NHL didn't want uh, to be, you know, forced to streaming, but, you know, they've made a big play into the streaming services, this Peacock. So I, I'm going to believe, I just think that, um, I just think that uh, the NBC probably wants to put it on the streaming service, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's again, we're just kind of uh, throwing things out there. But uh, I mean, there's there's a diff- There's a, a big uh, a big change coming. Uh, the NFL announced today that the entire Thursday night schedule uh, next season is going to be streamed. On Amazon Prime, so uh,
2: and I believe it's
0: exclusive. I because they used to show it on the NFL network, um, but I don't know that that's gonna still happen anymore. I, I think that this is, I would the, think it would, but it's no, I think it's going go to the contracts read otherwise. Amazon Prime, because I read where it was exclusive, and exclusive usually means that's the only place, only place. you can watch it. Um, <laughs> And, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, I'm so, not doing that. But um,
1: I can tell you that right now. I'm not doing that.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it says because the National Football League announced that Amazon Prime video will be the exclusive home for Thursday Night Football beginning with the 2022 season. Yep. I won't see a Thursday night game then. And it says Amazon will distribute primetime second most watched show across hundreds of compatible digital devices. So, I mean, if that's the second highest rated show um, on network TV, and I, I don't know that it is or it isn't, but they're saying it is, um, then that, that's, a, that's a huge step. I mean, we're, we're peons in this world. Horse racing, huh. we we are are we are bit players, huh. and when the NFL, which is is you know the strongest professional sports league in this country by a long ways, when they are going to put a schedule of seventeen or eighteen weeks of games exclusively on streaming, it's coming, man. It, it's it's coming. <laughs> no, it's arrived. That that's what that means. And funny thing is, people are already watching streaming right now when you have an ADW and you watch the track feed that that's a streamed feed. Yep. You're watching it on, on, on the internet. The difference is that, uh, when they block the ADWs from, from being able to to show those races and they make you tune into the the network, that's going to make people unhappy. That's going to make people really unhappy, especially when people are used to, Uh, going into the twin spires and watching the races on their phone or on their computer. Or if you're smart enough, like I'm not, uh, you know, I have a smart TV, uh, you know, have it streamed to your, your, your television. And when you take that away and they, and they make you get the network you know, version that that's like, like it's like, you know, I said a hundred times, there's no way my dad's figuring that out. My dad hasn't figured out text messaging. So there's no way he's going to be able to figure that out on his own, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in their in their 70s and 80s that, that will, will struggle as well. And um, you know, our demographics skew older. You know, the 25 year olds are not going to have a problem finding it. it's 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 all the other people. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it was fitting last night that Pompano had their all-time highest handle. That's cool. $1.7 million. Uh, Gabe put something up today. Uh, I think he got there in 2013, was his first year. And they averaged $88,000 a card. 88000 to $1.7 million. And it wasn't through gimmicks. It wasn't through better horses, the drivers last night were so bad that, I mean, it, it, it was... If it was a, an NBA game, it would have been the equivalent of the ball boys playing. <laughs> I mean, there was the, the driving situation. Everybody, more or less, had left. Um, but it just goes to show you what Promotion to the proper people with having the betting menus be set up properly, making sure that your races uh, go off at the proper time. They don't overlap with another big signal, you know, um, doing things the way you're supposed to, Uh, looking at it from the customer's point of view, um, And promotion and pushing and pushing and pushing and making everyone aware when something's up there and taking shots with with mandatory uh, mandatory payouts um, with guaranteed pools, not being chicken shit. You know, like some of the tracks and they they got a twenty six thousand dollar carryover to make the guarantee 50 like it's going to get 50 within, you know, 10 minutes of the the, the wagering being open, you know, and he sweated it out a couple of times, but it was perfect proof. If you do things to optimize your handle, you will get it. You will get it. And so many tracks don't do that. So many tracks don't do that. I mean, to me, the twelve percent pick four, twelve percent takeout pick four is 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 one of the best bets in racing.
1: It sure is.
0: <laughs> it's actually the, the bet I hit last night. Um, and it's it's. It just goes to show you like here's the template here's the template, you know the Meadowlands did three uh Friday night did three and a half million <clears throat> right the Meadowlands, the biggest signal in harness racing right, and he's White doing two thirds of that right they're doing he did, he did half of it the other night half half on a sunday night Sunday night time big nights, but that was um. That was, that was kind of... Uh, it's kind of bittersweet because, you know, it, it's over. And, like, maybe we'll squeeze in another year next year, but that's it. After that, it's definitely over. Um, and it's just... Um, to me, those are the things that, that... When we're so quick to try to... Say, oh, wow, this is working, and that Fox Sports thing is great, and this is great, and that's great, and this is great. I just... I look and I see success stories that people aren't paying attention to. And, you know, no big names race at Pompano Park. No big names at all. Trainers? No big trainers. None. Yet, they're handling everyone outside of the medalists. I mean, what's that tell you? What's that tell you? Well, next week we'll have the Preakness to talk about. We should have a better idea of uh, who's in the field. I guess we'll probably have a, a Preakness preview card to show, maybe.
1: I'm ready. we got to get JB, uh, you know, back from the
0: dead. Yeah. Well, we got to send vitamin C up to Jay. Yeah,
1: some oranges. we got plenty, you know. Got plenty of oranges here for him.
0: He's got his boy back. Lescano's back riding. Yeah,
1: I saw him in the winter circle.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we'll get Jay next week. We'll we'll uh, maybe we'll do something Thursday and.
1: Okay, I'm down with that.
0: Uh, I know I might we'll...
1: have to do the the rounds again, but that's okay. I'm good with that, uh, especially this week because I'm I'm going on vacation technically. I like this that weekend. So, you know, I'll be ready. I'll be ready.
0: Just gonna be like, are you gonna take like a video and it's gonna be like National Lampoon's Vacation?
1: It's, yeah, it's straight up Wally World in it. Nice. Wow. Well, have a
0: good time. You're probably not gonna miss anything in the racing world because I'll
1: be paying attention. Trust me. It's it's it's, it's pretty quiet week. It looks like waiting so. in line for rides. I'm I'm gonna pull up the ADW and make bets. It's guaranteed. <laughs>
0: A true player, man. (laughs) You know how I roll. You know it. Uh, All right. Well, we will talk and uh, enjoy your enjoy your vacation, and uh, we'll talk staycation next week. Not going that far. (laughs) You know, we live in a place where people come to vacation. That's true. So, all right, my man. As always, thank you for your time and and your efforts. Uh, thank you for having me as usual. You're my co host, man. You gotta, without the co host, I'm lost. <laughs> I have like four people listening to me if I didn't have you on here. We'll spread even, that. Even my mom won't listen, I'm just me rattling. Uh, my mom listens every week.
1: My it's mom- mother's
0: day, by the way. So oh, Sunday, yes, that's part of our vacation. All you heathens out there, don't forget your moms. Take sure, make sure you send her a card at least. So, my birthday's coming up too. I'm not saying when, but I know when it is. It's, it's coming up. I hate birthdays.
1: Yeah, after you're like six, it's
0: like doesn't matter. Tell me about it. I like birthday cake.
1: Other it's, than that, I really don't
0: like anything for birthday. I don't even like to acknowledge it. It's like ugh, you got to start. You actually have to. Start counting how many, how old
1: you are. It's like, man. Yeah, nobody wants to do that after they're 21. How did I
0: get here? Now, I guess the most important thing about birthdays these days is just keep on making them, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) All right, my man.
0: Uh, Enjoy your vacation and we'll talk next week.
1: All right. Have a good one, man.
0: Thanks everybody for listening. See you the next See you tomorrow. Hey everyone, welcome to Going in Circles. This is the Big Monday Derby recap show. My co-host, Mr. Barry Spears will be with us in just a few minutes. We're going to go over the derby, the yokes, all the undercard races, all the stuff that happened well, the, the fallout of the conspiracy theories, everything. We'll we'll talk about everything. We'll be right back here in just a minute with the sniper, Mr. Barry Spears. See you guys in just a few seconds. The Going in Circles Big Monday Show is proud to be sponsored by BRL Equine, the premier Equine supplement company in the horse racing industry. This is not a fly-by-night operation, like wine. They spend millions of dollars on research and development before these products hit the market. They only use FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture their products. They don't use fillers. They use the best ingredients. What they say is in them is in them. And I can personally testify that they work, which is certainly the most important factor in equine supplements they stand behind a product BRL Equine offers a money back guarantee if you're not satisfied they currently have four products for racehorses Flexify Unlock Bleeder Shield and EPO Equine the legal EPO contact Joe Viliante at 215-501-6880 tell him Chuck from The Big Monday Show said to call. He will fill you in on all the details. And you never know, he might even buy you lunch. B.R. Wine, the best of the best.